recently I was on Instagram and I came across a post that had that little fact check banner thing on the bottom of it. And it made me think about how our brains tell us so many lies and sometimes we automatically think they're true, but we actually need to fact check our brain. And for so much of my life, I assumed everything that I thought of was like automatically the truth. Say I look at myself in the mirror and I think my hair looks bad. I would say truth. A friend doesn't text me back to confirm our plans, so my brain tells me she doesn't like me because I'm, you know, annoying. I would take that as truth. Someone glances over at me in public and my brain says, oh, you look bad, they're judging you. And I took that as the cold, hard truth. And the issue with assuming you're telling yourself the truth is that if you're anything like me or, you know, a human being, you're going to have negative thoughts and sometimes even really, really bad thoughts that you would never say out loud. <laughs> I know we all have those sometimes. And this can lead to making you feel really bad about yourself because you're believing these lies that your mind is telling you. So today I wanted to talk about how we need to fact check these lies and how we can do that. And now I think it's first important to understand where these thoughts come from. And what I mean by this is, do they come from you or something else? And then, where do they come from in your life? Like, what in your life has caused you to believe this lie? Was it an event, a circumstance? Like, we know where. Uh, but first I want to talk about, you know, do they come from you? That's the question. The answer to that, biblically speaking... If you are a believer in Jesus and saved, these thoughts are not from you. Um, and I thought I would explain, and I thought I would read this verse just to give us a better idea of what I mean by this. So Romans 6, 6 through 10 says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so what this verse means, the old man is crucified in you. Your identity is no longer in this sin and in the lies that you told yourself. We hear that in this first part of the verse in chapter 6 verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him. So our old self is crucified. So we don't have to identify with this sin. And what I mean by with this sin is with this thought. So how I like to think of sin based off of biblical readings is it's a third party force. It's an entity or a power. And it's like Satan's agent because Satan is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at once. So there's this whole spiritual realm that's trying to destroy us. So sin is one of his agents that works through your flesh to get you to place your identity in it. So remember, if you are saved, these negative thoughts that you're thinking are not of you. They're not you because your old self was crucified. 
but you're still going to have these thoughts because sin is working through your flesh. And by your flesh, I mean your like physical body is like how I like to think of it. Your habits that you used to do and the things that you're programmed to believe from maybe past experiences. Sin is working through that flesh to try to get you to walk away from God. So to give an example of what I mean by this, before I was saved by God and by grace, say I had a negative thought about myself. I let that negative thought control me. I put my identity in it. Maybe I thought that I was annoying, you know, that negative thought came into my head. So I associated myself with that word. My identity stood in the fact that I was annoying. Now, after I'm saved, that's not to say I'm never going to think negatively again, because that's surely not the case. But even though I'm made new in Christ in my spirit, my flesh, you know, my body is used by sin to try to get me to go back to my old ways because I was programmed by habits or certain events in my life, like I mentioned earlier. So moral of the story, you do not want to place your identity in these thoughts. So do what we need to, you know, separate ourselves from this. How I like to do this is anytime I hear myself think or say something negatively, I remind myself that this is not me talking. So say I glanced at my body in the mirror and I had some negative thoughts. Well, it's actually used today, for example. So I was wearing a dress going to church and I thought my calves like didn't look very great. And I was focusing just too much on my appearance in in general. But the negative thoughts started rolling in and right before church actually too. But I instantly thought, okay, this is not me. This is not me. I had a therapist who once told me to think of the negative voice in my head as like a person, like give them physical traits, even a name, uh, you know, whatever works for you. But this has helped me and it's great to remove yourself, you know, from this voice in your head because you need to remember that it's not a part of you. It's not who you are. It's just this negative thoughts trying to come in, but that should not be your identity. So now that we've identified that these thoughts are not our own, What is especially helpful is to trace these back and realize where they do come from. So you can ask yourself, why am I thinking this thought now? One example that comes to mind is when I have the negative thought, I'm so annoying. (laughs) If I dissect this thought, I realize it comes from the third grade (laughs) when a boy called me annoying because I kept taking his book. And I think I was really just flirting with him because I thought he was cute, but anyway... That stuck with me, him saying that. But when I trace this back, I realized that's actually pretty silly to have this thought. This boy definitely doesn't even remember he said that. And it was probably just like an in-the-moment thing, you know. And if I look back to what I was doing and my actions, yeah, my actions were probably annoying. You know, taking someone's book when they were trying to read, yeah, that's kind of frustrating. But those were my actions as a child And I don't have to identify with that word now. And even then, I didn't have to identify with that word. Maybe some things we can do can be annoying, but it's not who we are. Another example when talking about body image could be me looking at my calves and thinking they look small. Okay, so where did that come from? Let's trace it back. So first thing that comes to mind is someone in seventh grade pushing me out of a chair and calling me string bean legs and telling me that I was really thin. So, as a young, impressionable child, that stuck with me, right? And I feel like that would be kind of 
you know, hard to handle for anyone. Someone pushing you out of a chair. But when I think about that, I realize a few things. Number one, for someone to comment negatively on someone else's body, they would have to be insecure themselves, which makes me feel for that girl who did that. Number two, why on earth would I let someone's words in seventh grade get to me? I can remind myself that it doesn't matter what people think of me. It just matters what God thinks of me. And you can even do this process now. You know, you can write, pause this or do it after. Write this down, your negative thoughts that you're having. And then track them down to see where they came from. Trace them back. Maybe it's a few years ago. Maybe it was a multitude of things that people said. Maybe there are even some people that you need to forgive for the things that they said to you so that you can move on in your life. So now that we've identified what is telling us these lies and then where they came from, you know, in your life, I wanted to touch more on this fact-checking technique that you can use in the moment and that you can condition yourself to use anytime negative thoughts come up. So let's provide a little example here of how fact-checking works. So yesterday I was working on this lab report for chemistry and oh my gosh, was it hard. Like I don't, uh, I, I don't know. It was frustrating because I had no clue what I was doing and you know, but I digress. We won't go down that. But throughout trying to figure it out, I started to think, oh my gosh, like I'm not smart enough. Why can't I get this right? And so on. But then mentally, you know, I see the little fact check text come up in my brain and I ask myself a few questions. Number one, is this thought based on facts or assumptions? I would say assumptions. Number two, what is the evidence for this thought? The evidence for this thought, let's see. Okay, well the evidence is I can't understand something I'm doing for the very first time when the instructions are unclear, and I know they were unclear because the rest of my class was also confused, but that evidence doesn't really support the fact that I'm not smart, okay? So try to seek concrete evidence that supports, you know, or contradicts this negative thought. And that can help you gain more of a balanced perspective. Number three, what would be a more balanced or rational thought? So a more balanced or rational thought, let's see. I would say... It's not that I'm not smart, it's just that I'm doing this for the first time. The instructions might not be very clear, but I'll get the hang of it, I'll understand it, everything is figureoutable. I also love using that term, everything is figureoutable, because it makes things sound so like, you know, like everything is figureoutable, like, you know, it's good, you got it. So, I just thought that was a cool term, but moving on. So those three questions. Now, what if, you know, the fact you're telling yourself after you ask these questions, maybe it is true and you're like, mm, like, I feel like this negative thought is true. So let's provide a little example for that from my life because I have quite a bit. But um, recently I've realized that I lost a little weight and I was looking in the mirror kind of being negative and thinking like, oh, I've lost weight, which is not a goal of mine. Um, I'm wanting to gain muscle. So that means gaining weight for the most part. But anyway, I asked myself, do I know if this is for sure true? And, you know, I weighed myself, which I don't often do, but it turned out this was in fact true. But instead of being negative about it, even though maybe this is a true statement, you know, and getting down on myself for not eating enough and not being as structured with my eating, I can ask the question I asked above, which is what would be a more balanced and rational thought? 
So instead of saying like, oh, I look bad, like I lost weight, a more balanced thought would be, okay, you know, I've lost some weight, but it's because I've increased my cardio. I've forgotten to shift my food intake to be a little higher. I've been super busy and I've forgotten to eat like a few or more times. But even now I can gain weight so that I can feel better physically. And I know what I need to do to do that. So that's how that fact-checking works. Maybe you go through those questions that I mentioned above and you realize like, oh, this is true. Now you're getting worried. Then you can just find a more balanced approach. And now this fact-checking technique, we'll call it, done in a biblical sense, also means that reading your Bible is crucial. You know, how are you supposed to know what truths God is telling you and how to determine what your brain is telling you, you know, is a lie if you don't open the Bible. And I know what it's like to maybe not have the motivation to read the Bible, not want to open it. Honestly, like the past week, I haven't been doing the greatest with that. And I don't know, it's just, I, I haven't made time for it. I could say that I've been too busy. And yeah, I've had a lot of things on my plate. But it's really that I just haven't made the time for it. And so this past weekend, I've been really making a focus of, okay, reading the Bible. Because if I don't even read the Bible for like, I don't know, a few days, I feel increasingly so these negative thoughts come up more. And I think if you have a scripture to combat these negative thoughts, it can really help with that. So I encourage you to do that. Psalms is especially a good chapter. I just feel like there's such, I don't know, amazing scripture in there and um, I really enjoyed it. So I would recommend that. But even just looking up like online, you know, um, what God says about me, biblical truths and just going through like, I know there's some, you know, great resources on there. So I would definitely suggest doing something like that. But overall, remember when you have a negative thought, remember it doesn't come from you and You don't have to put your identity in that negative thought. It doesn't mean you have to harp on it. Of course, we can't just tell ourselves to stop thinking about it because when we try to fight it, it's going to win in the end, you know? If you try to be like, oh, don't think about it, don't think about it, it's going to come up. But what we can do is trace these thoughts back and ask ourselves, you know, why do we have this thought? Where did it come in our life? And then we can ask ourselves the series of questions that I mentioned earlier and see if we can transform this negative thought into something more useful or more neutral and positive, you know? And above all, I wanted to I want to stress this so much because it's so important. We can read the Bible and understand the truths God says about us and believe those instead of the lies that we tell ourselves. I know that it's really a constant battle and I think that You know, I thought once I was saved, I wasn't going to have these negative thoughts anymore. But the truth is, they are still going to come because we live in a fallen world. But the good news is, when you are saved by God, you have his grace. And he can help you overcome these negative thoughts and to kind of get rid of them you know? We also can't think that, you know, you're guilty for having this thought because God knows you're going to have this negative, these negative thoughts and maybe even think thoughts that are, you know, of this world and such. Obviously, that's why he sent Jesus to die 
for our sins so we could, you know, be wiped clean and come to him as a new person. So I really hope you enjoyed today's little talk. It's been on my heart recently and I'm definitely going to put this more into practice because I know recently I've been just struggling with negative thoughts about my body and so I've been using this into practice. This is by no means to say I have it all figured out. I don't think any of us really have everything figured out. We're all working on something but it's a constant journey and I'm always going to strive to you know, share my insights with you and hopefully they can help you as they're helping me. But I thank you so much for listening. And if you do want to hear more, make sure to follow the podcast, leave a rating and DM me on Instagram, adriana.refrano. If you do have any questions, if you are, you know, wondering about anything, have any insights for me, but thank you so much for listening. And I hope that we can continue to create a life we love together.